Welcome to the Reach One Podcast, where we create space where untold stories can release hope to a generation. To stay up to date on all things Reach One, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. New episodes are dropped every Friday. Hey guys, we're back. It's me, Chelsea. <laughs> let's hey start over. No, we're good. Come on, let's Yeah, that's it. Let's this is real. That's terrible. No, it's beautiful. You guys threw that on me. Yes. I was definitely. not prepped for an intro. Yes. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Reach One Podcast. My name is Marcus. My name is Marcus. <laughs> I'm with uh, Chelsea and Greg Colbeck. We're excited to get into today's episode, which will be Story of Esther. Story of Esther. Come on. Listen, Reach One has the most epic Bible study every Monday night on Zoom. If you're not with it, you got to get with it because we had the best discussion this Monday night. It was good. It was so good. Yeah, it was fire. What did we talk about, Greg? We talked about the story of Esther, but kind of like in a in a new way or a fresh way. I think that it was... It was cool to open up the story and, and really find ourselves in it and find ourselves in the time and, and kind of see it through fresh eyes. Because I think it's a story, at least for me, has always been been shared in a, in a certain way. And so um, it was cool to kind of unpack that with a group. And it felt like, you know, I think it just feels good to get the Bible open, get in the word of God together and kind of let Holy Spirit teach it to us yeah. and kind of learn it together with a group of people who are hungry. So that's what I was excited about. Yeah, sure. I totally agree. When I read Esther years ago, it was totally different than what it is now. Mm. When you reread something with fresh eyes and a new experience and you're in a different stage of life, it can just speak to you totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So Esther, uh, it just sets the stage. What, what I got from it was she was somebody who kind of stood in the gap for her people. She was living in a land that was not the land that she was inheriting. And yet she had kingdom purposes. God had a plan for her life. And she battled with that. She struggled with the plan that God had for her life. How many of us struggle with the plan that God has for our lives? Maybe we're not necessarily living where we want to live or doing what we want to do. But like, how, how did Esther understand that she had a bigger plan and that God was going to use her despite what she may have wanted? Yeah, it's so good. That was the question, right? It's like, like maybe we're not where we want to be or maybe we feel out of place, but... Um, what if God wants to use you right, right where you are in, in that space right there. And so that just opened up in like a whole, whole fresh way. And so just like what Chelsea said, like, this is an open Bible study. You got to get, got to get there. You got to be there. So for anybody who doesn't know Esther's story, Greg, give us a quick, like two minute summary of, you know, chapters three and four, what we went over on Monday, just an easy, quick backstory. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's this King, King Ahasuerus, um, he throws this, he's got this huge kingdom. He throws this 180 day party to show off his strength and his wealth. Um, and then he wants to parade around his queen. She says, no, I'm not down with that. So he basically puts her out, says, you're no longer, you're no longer the queen. Then there's this other introduction of this guy named Mordecai, who is the uncle of this girl named Esther and she, her mom and her father died. Uh, her uncle took her in and he basically tells her, Hey, you should go through this kind of almost like a, a contest to find the new queen of this kingdom and just don't tell them you're a Jew. And so she goes through all this and she ends up becoming the queen of this kingdom uh, that King Ahasuerus is over. And um, then you've got this guy, Haman shows up. The King Ahasuerus promotes this guy, Haman. Um, 
And he has this terrible scheme and plan where he wants to kill and wipe out all of the Jews. So you've got this girl who was an orphan, um, who is a Jew, rises to this place of queen in this kingdom where now this guy wants to wipe out all of the Jews. And so she finds herself in this place where like, maybe I'm here for a, a much greater purpose than what I thought. Than just to be the queen. Yeah. What a predicament. <laughs> Hiding who you really are. Yeah. I mean, can we talk for a second about how she had to prepare for a long period of time? Wasn't it she had to prepare for a year before she can go before the king in this contest? Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. Just imagine before your first date, you have to prepare one an entire year before you go on a date with a guy. That's like wild. And, and yet she did it faithfully. And the favor of God was in her life. What's crazy about the story is it's just, it's a picture of what always happens in scripture where in Genesis, you know, we see Joseph being oppressed. There's always somebody, there's always an antagonist and a protagonist. God's people are always being attacked and always the minority. And yet there's always a remnant that God wants to raise up. And Esther stands in the gap and intercedes and does the unthinkable for God's people. It's kind of crazy how, I mean, just see, I, I just imagine this is a real person that really happened. So mm-hmm. you're, you don't know, she, there's no book of Esther for her to read. <laughs> so this is like in real time, she's living this out. And I just can't imagine what must have been running through her mind. Yeah, I think that when I was when I was when I was thinking about this story and where she was at, um, the thing that that sticks out to me is is that it's so much easier. It's so much easier to live out a false identity. Yeah. It's so much easier to live out like to hide who you really are, yeah. um, and to live into something else because, like, almost the fear of if I live into who I really am. Yeah and I'm not accepted or I'm not valuable, then the real me is what's thrown away. And so I think that a lot of times, I'll speak for myself, but I think probably other people relate to this too. Like I'd rather sacrifice, like push away the authentic me, the real me, and live into kind of a lesser version of me. So if I fail, I didn't fail at what I, what I really care about or who I really am. For sure. And so I see that in Esther, it's like, she had to be reminded of who she actually was yeah. and she had to live that out, whether it meant life or death. Yeah. Well, let's bring it to 2023. Why do young people forget who they are? Do they even know? Yeah. yeah. Do they really know who they are and who tells them who they are? Right. Because everybody is believing something. Either you're believing the truth or you're believing a lie and young people or older people, right? You, when you're young, something's telling you that you're not good enough. You're never going to make it. You are broken. And those are things that we take on from an early age and we live into. And so Esther was reminded of who she was. How can we remind the next generation of who they are? Yeah. Mordecai came to her like weeping and saying like, please do something like go to the King and ask. And she was like, no, I'm, I'm too scared. What if, you know, they get upset with me or find out who I am. And he gently, I don't know if it was gently, <laughs> reminds her, like, this is what you're here for. Like, what if you were here for this? What if you were created for this purpose? And so it was that. It was that close relationship in her community of people who reminded her of exactly who she was and what she, what her purpose could be. Yeah. And I think that's what the key is for today is finding community. Um, and a lot of young people don't have that. 
like, and if they do have community, it's really unhealthy community. Um, whether they're at home with an unhealthy family who doesn't know how to uplift them and challenge them, or it's their friends that they're around every day. Yeah, so good. And something in you knows, like, so I asked earlier, do they even know? And I think the answer is yes. I think that the people listening to this, you know at a deep level, like, who you are. And you need somebody, you need the Mordecai in your life or the group yeah. of Mordecais that are going to come around and remind you, mm-hmm. this is who you are. And not only remind you, but make it okay for you to be that. Mm. And so um, I, I love that he did that for her. And I love that he also was the one who was like, don't tell them who you are yet. Yeah. I think that that's okay too. Like that gives me chills to just say that. Like, I think it's okay to not trust people with the whole part of you. Like <laughs> it's okay to be like to, to have standards and to not be um, completely wide open to everybody all the time. Yeah. Um, but then there is a time where you need to live out all the way who you are. Yeah. And um, yeah, God we, will use that. It's like we're living in a culture, man, that sometimes we, everyone steps into the limelight and talks about how they're Christian. But I think sometimes God is calling us to live it before we speak it, you know, possess it before we profess it. And so if I'm a 15-year-old kid listening to this podcast or a 12-year-old young lady listening to this podcast and I don't know who I am, what would you guys say to that person right now? Oh my gosh. I w- my, the first thing that I would say to somebody is to find somebody who you know is for you. Because when you can't speak to yourself and you can't remind yourself of who you are um, because of the hard days and the hard things that this generation faces, you need somebody trusted in your life who can remind you of who you are and remind you what your worth and your value is. That's good. What would you tell them, Greg? I would say that there is so much truth about who you are written in the scriptures that it wasn't until I opened that book and started reading it myself that I actually realized like, what, this is what God thinks about me. This is who I am in his eyes that the Bible says that I I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Like that's what it actually says. It says that I'm a masterpiece created by him for good works. Like that they're already set up. All I got to do is walk into them. Like Like when I started reading that stuff, I was like, this is what's in here. And like, I knew, like I was raised in a church, people had told me this stuff, but it was different when I read it myself. And it was like, mm-hmm. this is what God is actually saying about me today. Yeah. And um, it's, it's so s- specific and unique to the person reading it, um, but it's for all of us. So I would say, yeah, what Chelsea said, like get the people around you who are gonna remind you who you are. And I would also say, get in, get in the word and get in these Bible studies because you're going to be reminded from the text, not just from us, who you actually are. Yeah, that's so good. I would tell a young person, man, you know, in order for us to understand who we are, we have to first understand who tells us who we are, right? So currency has its value because the federal government has deemed the currency worth the value that it's worth. And it's important for every young person to understand that God is the one who sets the stage for your value. If God puts his stamp of approval on you, then I don't care what anyone says, your mom, your dad, brothers, sisters, cousins, friends, insecurities, uh, Instagram, TikTok, things may lie to you, but God says that you're, like you said, Ephesians 2.10, man, he, you're a masterpiece. He created you in Christ Jesus for good works, not for bad works, but for good works. And in order for us to understand who we are, we have to understand who's telling us who we are and how to understand how he's saying it. And he says it through his word. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling with identity and you haven't read your Bible, 
that's the first step. You got to open up the scriptures because it'll begin to speak to you in a deep way. Yeah, that's so good. Esther went like from being so scared to take action or just complacent, whatever she was feeling, she wasn't moving. She wasn't like, this isn't my job. Um, you know, hopefully it works out (laughs) to Mordecai encouraging her. And, and then she was like, okay, we're going to fast together as a community. And after that, she was like, after we do that, I will go to the King. And she says, if I perish, I perish. Like, how do you go from like, that's such a significant jump from, this isn't my job. I'm not doing anything. I'm not even thinking about it to, okay, if I die, I die. I'll stand up for my people and like take action. That is wild to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. I love that. I love that too. Cause it's what happens. Like you've probably walked that out. Chelsea. Like you've probably been in times where you're like, this is hopeless. I can't do this. This is not like, and then all of a sudden, like you get a jolt of faith. You remember who you are and God yeah. and you're like, Oh, I'm down. I'm in like, you've probably been there. Probably. Several like, times in my life now that you say that. Yeah. Like, and that's what, that's what happens when you have a relationship with Jesus. When someone reminds you who you are in God, it's like, oh, hold up. Like God, it's God in me yeah. that's going to do this thing. Like that's, that's what it was for her. Mordecai said to her, like he said, God's going to raise up somebody to deliver his people. That's what he does. Yeah. But maybe it's you. And then she's like, bet. Okay, cool. Let's go. I'm willing to die for this. That is crazy. That's crazy, but it's also not just unique to Esther. Like, like I said, it's probably evident many times in your life, Chelsea, in your life, Marcus, sure. in my life, in the lives of people listening. And it probably, like, it could be real today yeah. for somebody listening. Like, you could be in the middle of the place right now where you're like, this is hopeless. This isn't even my fault. I can't do anything about it. And this is the moment where you remember, like, hold up. This is who I am in God. And that shift could happen now for somebody. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Like there have been so many times in our faith journey, in mine included, where, you know, something terrible has happened in your life. God brings you through it. He always shows up like he does every single time. And then the next time that something comes, like, you know, your faith has grown from that journey and that experience and that tragedy that you walked through. So you're always reminded like, wait, God is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. My faith is in him. I got this. Yeah. And that's exactly what she was facing. Come on, man. Well, guys, this is just a little bit of a little snippet of what we walk through when uh, we kind of break down our Bible studies every single Monday. So we would love for you guys to join us. We have people from all around the country tap in and uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's it's relational. We want you to understand what the text is saying, but also um, how we can see ourselves in the text. So if you want to join us, man, feel free to, to reach out to us and we will get you the information. Um, yeah, find us on social media. We're always posting about our Zooms and our gatherings and things that we have going on. Reach One is on fire right now. I'm so excited. So I would love to have you guys join us. See you back here next week. Like, subscribe, on Reach One. God bless you. Thank you for the day. Thank you for we have a good day. In Jesus' name, man.